Good morning, everybody. It's great to see all of you today. We're just a couple days away from Thanksgiving. It's going to be amazing. I don't know. How many of you order extra turkey legs? Do you guys get like, yeah, I got to have a, you know, I know this may sound weird, but I, I need a little extra legs at the, at the house for Thanksgiving, you know, because I love the turkey. And I got to, how about chestnuts? Anybody here use chestnuts? I'm the only guy in the city of Charleston that uses chestnuts. They are absolutely amazing. So what do you do when that song says chestnuts roasting on the open fire? What do you, I mean, what do you do with that? I mean, you know, it's got to mean something. How about this? How many of you have already decorated your house for Christmas? Got the tree in there? There you go. Good people. Good people. I love it. I do so much work. It takes me about a week to lay out everything. Matter of fact, yesterday I was doing my power distribution um, Saturday. That's when you lay out how much amperage you've got and you've got to run it from certain breakers and things like that. So I was laying that out. That takes about a day. So I'm going to get a good full eight weeks out of that kind of work. So, and I encourage you, the neat thing about seasons is that they're kind of built in, whether they're holiday seasons or whether they are actually uh, part of, you know, like autumn and winter and all. God gives us the ability to make a transition if we want one. He gives us the ability to get unstuck out of something and, and, and turn our attention. And that's really healthy for our spirits, our psyche, and, and even at times for our bodies. So let me encourage you to, to pick a season and dive into it. Just embrace all the goodness of God in that season. So we just happen to be in the one that I'm just going to get all the goodness out of Thanksgiving. Hey, if you don't have our app, let me encourage you to download it. All my notes will be on there. And today I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through a lot of scriptures, but we're not gonna show you them all because I want, don't want you distracted by the screen. So if you wanna get all that information, it will be there and you can download it to your phone. So we've been talking about framed. We've been talking about, it's been a great series. It's a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be and how it impacts our lives about how we're framed by God and, and how we frame one another and then how we frame ourselves and how we frame experiences. Well, what I was noticing is um, in my house, I have a thing called the gallery wall. Now, this isn't my house, this picture here, but I, I really liked it. A gallery wall is, and you probably have one, where you put a bunch of photos that are up on that wall. And they, they have a lot of different things. They have life experiences. They may have the kids when they were young. They may have landscapes or some of your favorite artwork that you like. And you may just kind of pepper the wall with it. And we have one of those walls at my house that has all kinds of me in the military, has my grandfather, has my mom and dad when they got married. And so all these photos become like a gallery of of life experiences. So somebody, if you came over to my house and you knew nothing about me, if you, you wanted to discover something about me, if you looked at my gallery wall, if you looked at my wall view of my life, you would be able to put together some things. You'd see, oh, there he is on a mountain bike. And always oh, he, there's him and Morgan fishing. And you begin to understand what matters to me, what I'm interested in, what I think is cool, what I delight in. What's, you know, so you'd look at this gallery wall and you would begin to figure out something about me. It's something about my values. I love this particular photo because it puts a chair in the middle 
of this gallery wall passageway. See, I, I, as I looked at this photo and I, I started thinking about why it was kind of speaking something to me, is because we all sit in a chair in between the photos of the gallery wall. We all are sitting there and it's kind of like the chair represents our soul. It's our position of observation, how we look at life. And, and we've all collected photos, life experiences, marriages, divorces, you know, um, uh, sporting events, things that we've gone through, trips that we've taken. And we all sit in life and we, we look and we sit between these gallery walls. And from that chair, we begin to determine whether or not your life is good, or whether your life, um, or, or can I just say, or life sucks. I mean, and, and we come up with these conclusions not because you're innately, we, we talk about the glass half full kind of person, and maybe there is some element of that. But I think it also is like, okay, we're sitting in chairs, every one of us are sitting in chairs looking at the gallery wall. And we're, we're, we're considering what our life is about. It becomes our wall view, or in philosophy, we call this our world view. It's where we, we, we look at all the different elements and come up with a conclusion about life. The, the framing we hang in our view will bring about its own outcome. So what you're sitting looking at, what you framed about experiences, your dad, your parents' divorce, um, your work, your career, you know, your health, all those different things, they begin to have an effect on you how you frame yourself, that's hanging on the wall, and you're sitting in a chair looking at concepts about what you think about you. You know, what somebody said about you is hanging on a wall. How you frame God, what you think about him. Uh, what about the experiences that you have or how you framed other people. They become the gallery that is the vision of our lives and it becomes our view from the chair. So every one of us today are sitting in a chair in between the gallery wall of life experiences, concepts, and framing. And what we're gonna look at is, what does that all add up to in your mind? What kind of outcome does that produce? And this is very important because it will affect you when you add all this up. This is a very important thing, and it affects us deeply. Because we may find out that there isn't necessarily, well, I mean, there's something wrong with all of us, but it may be that we got some pictures that we need to take down off the wall. You need to stop looking at that, because every time you sit in that chair, it always seems to affect you. Every time your mom visits, have you ever had that experience? Every time your mom comes for Christmas, you know, she's a little, you know, weird in her head. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, one of the kids gets like antsy all the time. It's like, why does that affect you? Why does your mom or your dad visiting for the holidays always kind of mess with your head? It was like, oh, it's because that's hanging on the wall. And I'm sitting in this chair and every time I'm reminded of this particular thing. So this is very important. Uh, listen to what Jesus said about it. He said, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of, of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. So he's very concerned about this soulish position of observing the gallery wall. 
He's like, listen, when you look at things, when you allow things to enter into your life, when you're sitting in that chair looking at these, these framed photos, if they're light, it will bring light to you. You'll kind of like get excited about life. You'll be kind of like a little excited about you. You'll be excited about God. But when it is bad, the body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. And I think he's talking about the effect of it on our souls. If your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. So how we frame life and our gallery will determine in part the health of our soul. So it, it, I think it's really important about what's, what are the pictures that we've hanged up around us? What are we sitting in the middle of looking at and how we have framed it? Because if it's not good, it travels into the eye and it affects the soul. I believe that being thankful is the sum of framing. Now, I'm not a tacky, I mean, you guys have been coming here long enough. I'm not a tacky Christian. Um, I mean, you can go to heaven and be a tacky Christian, but I'm just not a tacky Christian. When people say, you need to be more joyful. I'm like, you need to get your butt whipped. You know, I mean, it's like, I, you know, it's like, you need to be more thankful. And it's like, oh, you know, what I do is like, when somebody, you need to be more thankful. Well, if I was driving the car you're driving, I would be more thankful, Okay. I mean, I really, I have to be honest with you. I, I'm like, I'm that guy, you know? It, it, it's, isn't it amazing when all of a sudden, like some rich athlete and, and all of a sudden says, you know, money's not important to me. And it's like, oh, I bet it's not, okay? But when you're trying to make ends meet, it's very important to you. So when somebody just says to me, you need to be more thankful, um, that doesn't do it for me. I wish my brain would all of a sudden just say, thank you for the Bible verse. I'm happy now. It just doesn't work that way. I'm a little bit more difficult. So I believe that being thankful is a sum of the framing. I think every photo on the wall, gallery wall, has a numeric value attached to it. That's how I operate. And it's like, okay, a positive, a negative, a negative, five positive, a negative, you know? And so, so all these, because well, I, sometimes I can't control I can't control who my father was. I can't control what my grandfather did. I can't control, you know, everything that's hung on the wall of my life. And so I think that, that every one of these pictures have like a, a, a number assigned to them, a value. So what's important for my life is to make sure that all those numbers are accurate. So what I've discovered is that when I frame God right, when I frame me right, when I frame life experiences right, I tend to sit in a chair that's full of color and light, meaning it represent, the chair represents my soul. See, when I begin to add up, if I've got everything framed right, and this is a, 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 a proposition I'm offering you today, and I think it's biblically accurate, is that if you frame everything correctly, not necessarily frame everything as a good thing, but if when you frame everything correctly in the light of a relationship with God through Jesus, it should all, your life should always add up to a positive, okay? And that positive, what is that positive? That is that thing called thanksgiving, thankfulness. 
is when you've done the math, carry the five, bring it down, the seven, divided that, pulled that out, and you know, okay, dealt with cancer there, dealt, yeah, but it went through a divorce, but got married to Susan, she's awesome, kids, the, you know, the planets and the stars, I had that in there, and it's like, okay, you know, my amount of wealth or lack of wealth, added that when you add it all together, if it's been framed correctly, according to the word of God, I can guarantee you that no matter where you are in life, thankfulness should emerge. You should end up with a positive. There is no way, with all that God has promised me, the immortality, that I'm a new creation in Christ, old things are passing away, no matter what the economy, inflation, no matter what about politics, no matter about COVID-19, no matter about aging, no matter about any of those things, if you take up and frame God's purposes for your life, who he says about you, what he can do with negative experiences, and you add them all together, I guarantee you, if you framed right, you um, will end up with thankfulness. So if you're sitting in a place of being unthankful right now, uh, then maybe I, I, I can tell you there's something on your wall you're not framing right, okay? And, and there are negatives on my wall, but I know that all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purposes. All things are supposed to add up, no matter, even if I you know, had a bad breakup, had a bad you know, first marriage, no matter. It's like, no, when you add it all up, if you framed it right, then, um, then it should be good. Life should be good. I, I had a really profound in, um, experience with God this week about this. Uh, you know, I've got some uh, physiological or physical issues that I'm dealing with, and, and they were just wearing me out. I mean, just like, ah. Uh, you know, and so, so I, was, I was taking a shower and I was just sitting there. I mean, not sitting there. I don't sit in my shower. And it's like, what is this guy, you know? Uh, <laughs> um, so, so I was in the shower and I had just, because my back was bothering me. And I know you're sick of hearing me about my back, but, but it, it's my back and it's my life. And so it was just screaming at me, MRIs, injections and all this stuff this week. And um, so I was just like, God. When will you show yourself faithful to me? You know, I'm, I'm hearing about other people getting healed, you know, and, and it's like, yeah, okay, that's good, you know, but how about my back, you know? And so I'm just letting the hot water, just my back, trying to loosen it up and get some pain relief. I'm like, God, I mean, I really have these kinds of conversations. When will you show yourself faithful? And I'll tell you, while I was standing there, all of a sudden I had an overwhelming Feeling. I'm not on any Oxycontin or anything like that. Okay, so I just, I don't have those medicines. But all of a sudden I felt an overwhelming feeling, and the feeling was this I already have today shown myself faithful to you. And then all of a sudden, the moment was brought right to my head. Three hours earlier, me and Brian and Little Ireland went to Lowe's. While we were at Lowe's, we were picking up some things and uh, loading them. We had to bring a trailer, loading it up on the trailer, getting some Christmas stuff ready to go. And, and so um, uh, we put Ireland in the, in the car seat in my car, uh, tr truck, and uh, we went back to loading up the stuff. Well, I forgot to buckle her. So what I didn't know is that she climbed out of the car. 
and she climbed into the road, or she walked into the road. Just as she was moving away from my vehicle, in a blind spot, a car came around the corner, and she was right in front of it. At the last second, this car slammed on its brakes. And she's just running and laughing and all, all this stuff. And all of a sudden, in this moment, God made me realize what you didn't see is that your little granddaughter would have been crippled or died right in front of you. Um, and it was like, and I'm in the shower. I'm like, oh my gosh, my life adds up to Thanksgiving. Screw my back. It's like, I've given too much value to it. I'm taking you from a negative three to a negative one, and now I've got a new photo. God saved my granddaughter's life. It would have been horrible. I would have seen it. I would have, I mean, I wouldn't have known how to live through an event like that. And all of a sudden, I had this new picture. So I, I get out of the shower with a towel on, and I, I yelled to somebody, you need to get Brian for me because he was with me. And I'm like, dude, I need to tell you, God just showed me he saved Ireland's life today. And, and ever since that moment, um, I don't give a flip about my back. It's like, yeah, so it hurts. Life hurts. Your tires wear out. You know, um, uh, inflation happens. You know, when you add it up, when you begin to frame things rightly, my pain is, yeah, it's real, and it's on my wall, but I gave it too much value. There's so many other things that, that are going on that are absolutely amazing. And all of a sudden, I went from, God, where is your faithfulness, within 10 minutes. Uh, so if you ask me today, how's your back doing? I'm like, it's great. It's awesome. Is it fixed? No. Does it hurt? Yeah. But you know what? I'm going to put my little pinky down and Ireland's going to grab my hand and I'm going to say life is good. Okay? All that is a result of me controlling what's on the gallery of my soul. How I frame things. This is not just, this is great psychology. This is biblical psychology. This is Jesus. If your eye is dim because you're focusing about your pain all the time, guess what's going to happen? Your whole body's gonna be filled with darkness. So what are you looking at? What's on your gallery? Have you framed everything right? Are you doing the math right? That's another thing. Are, are, are you doing the math right? I love what James says in, in chapter one, verse two, he says this, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I love that, I love that word consider, because that's the chair you sit in. That's what you do in a chair. You consider, hmm, and that photo there, hmm, I consider what I like over there. See, consider is a mathematical phrase. It is a word in Greek that means accounting. It's like, do the math. Uh, 
Focus on what God has, is doing in your life. He said, consider it all joy. Take account of it. Add it all up. Not just focusing on one thing. Yeah, you got a bad thing here. Your dad was a jerk when you were growing up. I get it. Your dad was never home. Get it. That's, that's on your wall. We're not pretending that there's only beautiful things on the wall. That, I don't believe in a pie-in-the-sky Christianity. Bad things do happen in life. That's on your wall. But is that the right value to it? Just because your dad was a jerk, does that mean you're a loser? Just because your dad rejected you, does that mean you are a reject? Okay? So it's like, you got the right number on that? Because I know it was bad. I know it was hard. Like for me, for for being somebody that's gone through a divorce. I I remember going through a divorce. My daughter, Dawn, was three at the time. And... um, I I remember trying to figure out, God, how am I going to help protect my little girl from experiencing this divorce? Well, first of all, I discovered I couldn't because when homes break up, it affects everybody. So to some degree, she was a victim of this. But what God showed me is there's a difference between being a victim and being a casualty. They're not the same thing. You can be a victim of a crime or an experience or a disease or whatever it is, but it doesn't mean you have to be a casualty of it. See, that's where the considering thing goes on. So I constantly poured into her life uh, uh, this idea of, okay, we've gone through this together, but you know what? I'm not going to treat her like a victim. You know, that's what dads do all the time. They, when they see their kids maybe three times a year, they take them to Disney World. They take them to, uh, because they're acting out of the mentality that their child is a casualty. Uh, but so it's so important. And James says, listen, when bad things are happening into your life, he says, you need to consider, you need to do the math on what's going on here because it's not just various trials, but there's this other thing about it producing this great work in your life. He's like, why aren't you adding that into your life? The last two years of my life have been the most profound, transformative experience that I have ever had in my life. They have been, it's been the worst two years of my life. And I have not been changed more to the core of my, I am sitting in the best chair I have ever sat in my life. I've had more money. I've had better physical performance through, through athleticism. I have, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been more successful, but right now I'm sitting in the best chair of my life because I do the work of considering math, the accounting, adding it all up. See, some of us are just focusing on one thing, not all things that God's doing, so we're just focusing on that one thing. Sometimes we just lock down on something bad. Don't we? We just lock down on it. Some of you have lost loved ones, and you could lock down on that. You could, because that is a negative. But you could lock down on it, and, and that becomes the sum, the consideration, the math of your life. See, that's what happened to Job. In Job 17, 7, and everybody knows about Job. Bad, a lot of bad things happened to him. I mean, it just like, it all broke loose. He, and in the middle of it, he says this. My, eyes, my eye has also grown dim because of grief, and all my members are as a shadow. It's like, wow. That's a dude that's experiencing pain. 
but this is what Jesus was warning us about. If you lock down on your pain, if you don't look at all the photos that are going on, all the things that God is doing in your life, you will end up, your eye will take it all in, and then the members of your soul, everything about your life will have a shadow on it. But God wants thanksgiving to pour out of us. Listen to Jesus talk about, to his disciples about their gallery wall. I love it. Jesus said to his disciples, for this reason I will say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Huh, okay, I forget that. I forget that a lot. I think, I think life is all about eating good having an Epicurean experience of life, pleasure, and all this other thing. And he's like, oh, no, no, look, you know, the body's more than just whether or not you look good or whether or not you can run a 5K or whether you're playing sports or all that stuff. He's like, okay, you gotta remember, we need to add things up the right way. And then here he goes on, he says, consider the ravens. This is interesting. He uses the exact same word, consider. He's like, you're forgetting, you're locking down on you don't have enough of this or you're hurting over here or this isn't going the way that you want. He's like, no, no I, you need to be careful about where you're going because you're, you're adding all, assigning the wrong values. So he brings them back to a photo. He says, let's hang this on your wall. And what's in that picture? It's a picture of a bird. And I know some of you are like, that's a stupid thing to hang on your wall. A picture of a bird? How's a picture of a bird gonna make me feel better? It goes like this, no. I want you to add this into your math. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom or barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than birds? See, this is why I do bird feeders. Because I'm concerned about those little birds, those little Carolina chickadees and the cardinals and the um, buntings and all them, they come and, and I take delight when they come and I, I make sure, you know, it sounds a little over the top, but I make sure the, the uh, woodpeckers get their peanuts, gotta have that, and, and, and cardinals really like their sunflower seeds, but then you gotta have millet because, you know, you gotta get the little birds to come and you gotta put them in a certain kind of cage so the big birds don't get them. And I sit there with a cup of coffee and I just, watch them. And what it does is remind me, if I, being part evil, do good things for a bird, how much more the Heavenly Father must do for me? See, it's a picture that some of us have forgotten. Birds don't fly over your head just for us to shoot them and eat them on Thanksgiving. I don't think those birds fly, do turkeys fly? Thank gosh. Can you imagine a bird that big flying over your head? I mean, I wouldn't want to eat it. But birds are out there. Have we forgotten that birds have a purpose? What is the purpose of a bird? To remind you, to add to your wall, to consider that maybe your life isn't as bad as you're thinking it is. Maybe God's doing something. So he says, hey, you know, here's a photo. I want you to hang this on the wall. Consider the ravens. He says, which one of you by worrying can add a single hour to your lifespan if then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Here he goes again. Consider the lilies. I'm telling you what, 
When I, if you're not thankful today, right, and, and, and you, you know between you and God, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to jump in the car and you need to ride into Hollywood. You need to ride down um, to do good, to do good, to do good, do good road. I, I can't pronounce it. It's, it's Southern. It's, uh, it's, I, I, but there's this incredible road and you just drive down, drive down to Edisto. Drive down to that place, um, uh, that one little island, Botany Bay. Go drive down to Botany Bay. Drive downtown. You need to go look at some flowers. You need to go look at some birds. You say, dude, I got bigger problems than birds. It's like, no, I don't think you do. Because if, if you'll just go look at a little bit of beauty, the reason why beauty is in the universe is so that you and I won't just see cancer. I heard a statistic the other day. If all cancers were removed from the earth, do you know that the life expectancy of mankind would only increase by two years? Just two years. But we all think cancer's the big thing that's killing us. No, depression's what's killing us. Oh, we're living, but we're living scared. We're living depressed. We're living in sorrow. We're living in misery. I guarantee you, this is Jesus. Jesus says, consider the lilies. Go look at some flowers. I mean, really look at them. Not just, oh, they're yellow. I'm talking about, look at the complexity, the magnificence, you know, how this system works. And all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, I'm part of this. This he says, consider the lilies, they neither toil nor spin, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass in the field, this is to consider, which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, O oh, oh men of little faith? I think, I love it because Jesus challenges the pictures hanging our, on our wall. He gives them pictures of birds because they haven't stopped in a while to look at considering what the bird is saying to them. Do the math because it should all add up to Thanksgiving. As far as I know, God hasn't fixed anything in my back. Okay, I'm not indicting him on anything. I'll tell you what he has fixed, my soul. Okay, I still have a bad back hanging on that wall, but my chair is different. Okay, that's, that's the all things becoming new equation. And I am so grateful and thankful that, that I have had this experience. Now just remember, the, wall is, the world is going to try to hang pictures on your wall. And they're, and they're gonna try to get you to look at them. CNN, Fox, your mom, your dad, your coworkers, they're all gonna to try to put pictures on, on the wall for you that you're going to look at. But don't let them, don't let somebody else determine what the value of that picture is, what society, let God's word determine that. I'm gonna just read you the story. Don't follow along if you've got, just kind of stay in the moment with me. Like I said, you can download the app and get all the actual scriptures. But I'm gonna read you a story about how the world is trying to hang pictures on your gallery wall. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, 
this man or his parents said he was born blind. Okay, so they got a picture, they hang it on the wall, the guy's blind. And here's what they're like, they're trying to assume a value. Somebody must have sinned. Okay, where'd you come up with that theory? But okay, somebody must have sinned. And then they're trying to say, uh, should we hang a picture next to it? His parents are bad people or he's a bad person? It's incredible. They're trying to assign a value to a person. And Jesus says, it was not that this man sinned or his parents. We get the photos wrong all the time. You know, we get it wrong all the time. We try to assign a value to an event and Jesus is like, no, you guys, this blindness is, I mean, it's a biological thing. You know, this isn't like God working out some punishment on somebody's behavior. Jesus said, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And that doesn't mean God made him born blind so that God could show off by healing him. I know that's what you thought. It's not what it means. It means this, any negative picture, whether it's blindness or economy or divorce, is a potential for God to display his glory. It's a potential for God to change the value of that picture hanging on your wall. My divorce, even though it was a bad thing, even though I, you know, there was sin involved on both sides on it, God said, okay, I'm not saying I made you divorce. I'm just saying I can, I can work with this. If you'll bring me into the picture, I, I can change the value of this. Jesus challenges their framing. Then he goes on to say, having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Kind of, that's a little interesting. I don't know, son of God can do whatever he wants. Hey, you want to spit on my back? (laughs) Have at it, baby. Um, Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent, So he went and he washed and he came back seeing. Now listen to what happens. Everybody's going to try to hang pictures on this guy. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, yeah, it's him. Then others were like, nah, nah, he's like him. that's, That's not him. It's like, oh, okay. He kept saying, I am the man. See, nobody wants his values to change. They want to peg him as he was, once this, always that. And he's like, no, 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 no. I am that guy, and now something has changed. Values have changed in the picture of my life. No, 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 values don't change. You're born that way, you stay that way. And he's like, not with God. You know, it's like, no. Just because your dad left you doesn't mean your life has to have no value with it. You know, it's, it's like just because you went through a divorce, just because you had hardship, just because you're dealing with this issue in your body, no, it doesn't mean that has to be the value of your life. So uh, he said, I am the man. So they said to him, then how will your eyes open? And he answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloan and wash. So I went and I washed and received my sight. They brought to the Pharisees, the man who had been formerly blind. So they're dragging him around. Now it was on the Sabbath when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. 
See, nobody's excited about it. They just want to assign some sort of numeric value to the experience. And, in their case, a negative one. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, referring to Jesus, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, well, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received a sight. It's like, I don't think you really were blind. It's like, you jerks. But they didn't believe until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son and who you say was born blind? How does he now see? And his parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he's of age, he will speak for himself. So the second time they called the man who had been born blind. See, nobody's excited about this guy being seeing. If you're waiting on the world to tell you that your life is worth living, it's never gonna happen, okay? If you're gonna dig your dad up from some grave to finally get his approval, it's never gonna happen, okay? You're gonna have to have an encounter with Jesus because Jesus can change the worst experiences numerically to add up to thanksgiving. So they called him a second time and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man, Jesus, is a sinner. That's how they talk. His deep voice like that, he's a sinner. Uh, he answered and said, I love this guy. Whether or not he's a sinner, I do not know. Okay? One thing I do know is that I was blind and now I see. And they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he said, I've already told you and you did not listen. And they answered him, they're like, well, how dare you talk to us this way? And they said to him, you were born in utter sin and would you teach us? And they cast him out. They're like, we're putting a negative five on your picture. You were born in utter sin. Again, if you're waiting for the world to give you a greater value, you know, that's why, and I say this in complete compassion, this whole pronoun fight we've had like over the last year about gender and all this other stuff, and you gotta call me by my pronoun, and, and, and I get it, and it's, it's a difficult issue because we're dealing with people sitting in chairs and value and all this other stuff. It, it's hard, and it's particularly hard for them. But I do know this, just getting people to call you by the right pronoun is not gonna change the darkness that's inside whether you're heterosexual, male, female, or, or, or not really sure either why. I mean, if you're poor and you become rich, it's not gonna change your value. If you're, if you're black and become white, or white and you wanna become black, it's not gonna change the seat that you're seated in, okay? If you're waiting for the world to call you by the right thing, it's just not gonna happen. When Jesus, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, what a great God. And having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And listen to what he says. He said, and who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? Remember, he was blind when he first encountered Jesus, so he doesn't even know what Jesus looks like. Remember, he sent them to go get healed, so he doesn't even know what Jesus looks like. And Jesus said to him, you have seen him, 
and it is he who is speaking to you. And the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Where did this worship come from? Where did this thanksgiving come from? Because he was a beggar about four hours ago, and he was blind, and was told he was born in utter sin, and then he was told that it was because of his sin or his mom and dad that his life is so screwed up. And in just four hours, he's dropping to his knees before a man he hasn't seen five minutes before, and he's worshiping. What happened? The value of the photos on his gallery wall were changed. He framed himself rightly according to the word of God. It's like, wow, maybe I don't suck after all. Maybe I am valuable. Maybe I am a new creation. And he drops, see, that's amazing. So life will try to hang pictures on your wall. People will try to frame you. But when you consider everything God is doing in your life, when you add it all up, I guarantee you, if you're framing rightly, you will end up in the positive. You will end up with thanksgiving. Even the bad. Paul said in Romans 8, 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time, he's not a pie in the sky Christian. He calls them sufferings. They're real. They hurt. They stink. He says, but I consider... I'm doing the math. I consider the present sufferings, that picture over there, is nothing to be compared to, oh, I got another picture over here. Glory, immortality, the goodness of God, new creation happening, all things becoming new, having value and purpose, living forever. It's like, I consider that, I'm gonna take it from a negative five, I'm just gonna make it a negative one, because it still is bad, but this is a plus 10. He says, when I added all up what God's doing, he said, it's nothing to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in us. So every one of us here are sitting in a soul chair, looking at the pictures hanging on the wall of our lives. If they don't add up to forgiveness, then you may need to get rid of some photos, okay? Or, or if you hate your dad, because of what he did to you, and I don't know why I'm on dads today, but I just happen to be on dads. Uh, if you hate your dad, forgiveness will change that negative five to a negative one. We're not pretending he didn't do anything wrong, but it's weighted too much. It's not weighted with forgiveness. You can kind of make that less impactful in your life. If, if the, wall, the pictures that you're looking at don't add up to God is good, then maybe some of them need to be come, come down or you need to assign biblical value to them different than what you have assigned. If they don't add up to you being precious in the eyes of God, then you need some new photos. Where do you get those? Consider the raven. Consider the lily. Consider the word of God about how much God loves us. And if someone's trying to hang something on your wall that doesn't add up to God's best, just say to them, no, thank you. You know, um, I had one doctor read my MRI and the doctor said to me, uh, it's like, wow, your back hasn't gotten worse. Your thoracic region, it's not getting worse. 
So, you know, what you've been doing for the last two years, it doesn't look like it's going to kill you. And we can get some mobility in there, you know. Another doctor saw the same photos and said, hey, I've got some bad news for you. Your back is just as bad as it was two years ago. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, which one of these photos am I hanging on my wall? I, I'm like, you're not giving me that photo. Because yeah, I'm going to read the photo this way. I'm not pie in the sky, but it's like, no, it didn't get any worse. Glory to God. You know, I mean, it's like, thank you. Because I was afraid it was getting worse. Choose, if somebody's hanging something on you all, decide that you're not going to hang that there. If you will do the math in this moment as we come and receive communion, I'm telling you, if you do your math right with God's word, it should add up to thankfulness. So how's the view from your chair? Had things gotten dim? Okay, I'll tell you why they got dim. Is because you've assigned the wrong values to your life. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I'm really having a hard time seeing it. I'm like, this message really, okay, I get what you're saying, and it's like, this makes total sense, okay? But I'm still having a hard time seeing it. Don't worry, God knows that. This is why the apostle pray, prayed for us and for himself. He, in Ephesians 1.18, he said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened lifted so that you will know what is the hope of his calling it's like i hope i'm praying that you'll see this picture not just the one about this negative experience and one of the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints he's like yeah i know some of you are sitting in some pretty dull dark chairs he says, I'm praying today that your eyes may be enlightened. It will change the light that's within your soul. This is a gift that comes to us from God through his Holy Spirit and to his word. So as you come up and receive communion, you've done this a thousand times before. Like the birds that have passed over your head, even this morning, probably over 150 to 200 birds have passed over your head and you've taken no notice to them. You have probably come up to this table or to this place of communion a thousand times before and taken the cup and the bread and maybe you just didn't notice. And Jesus is here today and saying, consider the raven, consider the, the lily, consider my broken body and my poured out blood. Let's hang some new photos in your life, on your wall. God can heal the eye of your soul. Paul said, as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them, is revealing them through the Spirit for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Our natural eye just doesn't do math real well. But we're told that the Spirit of God can open your eyes to what God is really doing in your life. Father, as we enter into this moment, heal our eyes.
For some of us, we're sitting in a chair that is no, has no light and no color because we've been staring at photos that have been framed the wrong way. But today, God, help us through grace and forgiveness and love and truth. Open the eyes of our hearts and our understanding so that the values of those photos will change because they're supposed to add up to something good. Thank you, God. Thankfulness is not a magic that is performed by heaven but it is the proper evaluation of the soul of what heaven is doing in the earth. God, give us that kind of sight. <laughs>